Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We began... With last night's game, and I swear to God, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait. Every single year, the New England Patriots toss one or two of these games out there that is red meat for the New England Patriots stink and their dynasty is dead. Hot takes. And, you know, every single year, I take the bait. I am like Charlie Brown running up to try to kick the football while Lucy holds it. The Patriots last year went on the road and they lost to the Detroit Lions. And they lost to the Tennessee Titans. And they lost to the Miami Dolphins. And they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All four of those teams didn't make the playoffs last year. Do you know what happened when the postseason started? The Patriots won the Super Bowl. And... They did it even though they were the two seed and even though they had to go on the road and play against the newest hot young thing in the NFL universe. Sorry, Kansas City Chiefs fans, but they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road and then they went and won another Super Bowl. And last year I said, you know what? The way that they performed in all four of their road games makes me believe the Patriot dynasty is officially dead. Brady looked old in those games. The Patriot offense looked atrocious. There was absolutely no ability on behalf of the Patriots in those four losses to look like they were anything 
remotely similar to the team that had been to eight at that time Super Bowls and had won five. And then the Patriots came right back, kicked us in the teeth, and proved that they were still the best. Now, at some point in time, Brady is going to age out of his excellence. The Belichick-Brady dynasty is going to end. But I'm not willing to say that it's going to be because of what we saw happen last night in Houston, where the Texans were very good, got up, I believe it was 21-3, and then held on down the stretch to get the win and put themselves into great position for the NFL playoff race. So, huge win for the Texans. Intriguing loss for the Patriots. Because if you want to sketch out the Patriots are dead storyline, you certainly can. Because if you look at the remainder of the Patriots' schedule, the Patriots have fallen now to the number two overall seed in the AFC, much like they were the last year. They would now be forced to go on the road against another potential MVP candidate who is having an out-of-this-world debut season, really, on the national stage. That is Lamar Jackson. Just like last year, what they had to do going on the road against Patrick Mahomes. Now, that assumes that things are going to end as they sit now. But it is intriguing to think about The Patriots, if you don't want to buy stock in the Patriots, if you want to jump all over the Patriots are dead bandwagon, down the stretch, the Patriots have two games that I believe they could lose. Okay, The Patriots are not losing to the Bengals, and they are not going to lose to the Dolphins. So that gets the Patriots to 12 wins. If, If the Patriots lost... To the Chiefs this coming weekend, which will be a whale of a game, will be a must-see game. I cannot wait. The Chiefs going on the road against the Patriots. If the Patriots lost that game, and they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that one, and if they lost again another game, they beat the Bills earlier this year, but if they lost another game with the Bills going on the road against the Patriots, it's possible the Patriots could fall at 12-4 and all the way to the AFC wildcard. Now, that would require the Bills winning out, which eh, probably is not going to happen. But then it would be intriguing to see what would happen. But as is, the Patriots' worst-case scenario is probably if they could beat the Chiefs this weekend and beat the the Bills again in Foxborough. Worst case scenario, if they beat the Chiefs and the Bills, is probably that they finish, not probably, it's certainly that they finish two overall. And that's assuming that the Ravens run the table the rest of the way and finish 14-2 and and get the tiebreak. So I'm not willing to buy into the fact that the Patriots are done, but that offense is definitely somewhat ominous. Uh, I would generally say. However, if you go behind the numbers and look at what the Patriots did, I know a lot of these numbers came after they got down substantially, but they did post 448 total yards and nearly twice the first downs as the Houston Texans did. Um, And while you say, okay, well, 
a lot of that was passing yardage. They also averaged five yards a rushing attempt. Um, and so uh, I don't know. I'm just not willing effectively to push the panic button here on the Patriots because we saw last year with four different performances like this on the road against inferior teams. Look, this is the Houston Texans who probably, we'll get into this a little bit later, probably are going to win the AFC South. Although the Titans might have something to say about that depending on how the stretch run of the season goes. The Titans still play the Texans twice in the final four weeks. Odds are I would bet that they're going to split those games, uh, which would mean that the Texans, if the Texans could split, Texans have a really good chance to to, to still win uh, the AFC South uh, as they come down the stretch run of the season. But we'll see exactly what transpires there. Uh, in the meantime, I believe we have audio of Bill Belichick and Deshaun Watson. Texans did a good job tonight, all the way across the board in every area. They were just they're just better than we were tonight, and uh, I'm proud of the way our guys fought and competed. But we just gotta gotta coach better, we gotta play better, we just gotta just gotta do better than we did tonight. Just wasn't good enough in any area, and uh, and they were the better team. So I think that pretty much sums it up. It just shows us and shows the world that we can play with anybody at any given day if we come up and play. So, you know, for us, we got to continue to keep rolling, continue to find ways to get better, correct the mistakes, and uh, keep pushing forward. All right, that is the reaction to last night, Sunday night football, with the Houston Texans getting the win. Let me go ahead and give you a quick rundown of the playoff picture if the season were ending right now. Uh, And then from there, we will move into all the discussion of college football and the NFL on a broader scale. Uh, But there is a lot to follow here and keep track of as we come down the uh, as we come down the stretch run of the season. All right. In the AFC, if the season were ending today, and this is why last night's game was so significant, the Ravens, and we'll get into their game against the 49ers. The Ravens got a three-point win at home against the 49ers. The Ravens would be the overall number one seed in the AFC, followed by the Patriots, followed by the Houston Texans, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if you want to sketch out a bullish uh, sort of uh, landscape here, I think I would rather play, if I were the Patriots, the Texans, than I would the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're setting up potentially for a Chiefs game on the road against the New England Patriots, which is what happens next weekend. uh, uh, We'll see how exactly all the playoffs break out. But we're setting up for potentially a semifinal rematch between the Texans and the Patriots, what we saw last night, except the Texans would have to go on the road in Foxborough. And that's assuming, by the way, that the Texans got the win. Uh, In the five seed, the Bills, who got an absolutely massive win over the awful Dallas Cowboys. Can we please just take away the NFC East playoff bid? That division does not deserve a playoff bid based on what we're seeing down the stretch. And then in the sixth spot, the Steelers have have the sixth seed, which is uh, what they get the tie break right now over the Tennessee Titans, who are at... The seven seed Titans got a huge win on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Coming into this game, the Titans were three and nineteen in the last twenty-two against the Indianapolis Colts. That's an unbelievable record of futility. They got a block kick, incredible. Uh, Adam Vinatieri misses two field goals, although both of them were super long. 
but he missed two over 50, and he also got two field goals blocked, one of which was returned for a touchdown. Titans sliding in at the seven spot. The Bills right now in the sixth spot because they get the tie break. Titans go on the road against uh, the Oakland Raiders this weekend. The Raiders have fallen off the face of the earth in the last two weeks. If the Titans could win that one, then uh, then regardless of what the Texans do, in two weeks, the Titans would host the Texans, and the winner of that game would be in first place in the AFC South uh, with two weeks to go in the season. Now, the Titans would then have to go on the road against the Texans to finish out the season, and it feels like that's probably a game that will decide the AFC South uh, what happens on the road in uh, in that situation. And by the way, that could then lead to a rematch again between the Titans and the Texans in the wild card. So it's possible that you could get the Titans and the Texans playing three times in the final four weeks of the season, which seems like a scheduling malfunction, to be quite honest. It doesn't make sense that you would play uh, a team three times in the final four weeks, including back-to-back to end the season and in the playoffs. Uh, but that's maybe the scenario that we could find ourselves in if you look down the final month of the season. In the NFC, even though the 49ers lost on the road against the Ravens, I think they answered a lot of questions. It's an early kick traveling all the way across the country. And if you watch that game, the 49ers had every possibility to have won against the Ravens. I think in some ways that validated even more so the 49ers, even in a loss. But they got a challenging schedule down the stretch, beginning the 49ers do with on the road against the Saints. The 49ers could lose that game. And uh, if the Seahawks continue to win, the 49ers in the space of two weeks could go from the overall number one seed to the number five seed in the NFC. So there's a lot to pay attention to there. The Saints, again, have won their division and they have the opportunity potentially to take over the number one seed in the NFC playoffs if they can beat the 49ers this upcoming weekend in what is a massive game down on the Bayou. Uh, In the three seed, we've got the Green Bay Packers uh, who uh, handled the... uh, uh, the awful New York Jets, uh, Giants, sorry, and now get to go on the road, uh, or sorry, host the Washington Redskins, which should be a relatively easy win for the Packers to get them to 10-3. and three. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, again, this is unfair and ridiculous that you automatically get a home playoff game if you win a division, no matter how crappy that division is. The Cowboys are 6-6 six and six going on the road against the 6-6 six and six Chicago Bears. Guys, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's possible that the winner of the NFC East could be 8-8 eight and eight or even worse. There's no way on the planet that you should get to host a home playoff game when you are this bad. Somebody, one of the wild card teams, should get to cycle up. I think it's ridiculous that we have these, these divisions anyway, honestly. I'd probably, if I had my choice, just have 16 teams in each conference and just take the top six, and the top four of those top six get to host playoff games. Uh, But the idea that the NFC East, if you saw what happened with the Eagles this weekend against the Dolphins, or you saw what happened with the Cowboys against the Bills, the idea that this division deserves a playoff spot is ridiculous, particularly in this year's NFC, when you have the Seahawks, who are 9-2, and 
and the Vikings, who are eight and three, and those two teams play uh, this uh, tonight on Monday Night Football in an absolutely massive contest again. The Seahawks and the Vikings both uh, sitting at uh, at eight and three and nine and two respectively. If the Vikings went on the road and pulled off the upset, you would have both teams at nine and three. Uh, if if by chance you end up with the uh, Seahawks beating the Vikings, then the Rams uh, and maybe the Bears, although it's unlikely, maybe those teams could enjoy the fact that they are in the playoff race. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, let's go to the college football playoff picture. Go ahead and rinse and repeat. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan got crushed by Ohio State. I don't know that Jim Harbaugh is ever going to beat Ohio State. And I think a lot of Michigan people have come to that realization. I, I, I think if you're Michigan, Jim Harbaugh arrived on sort of the white horse with the big sword. I mean, he was your chosen leader. And... Now the reality is you just kind of have to accept, I think, that Michigan is at best a 9-3 and three program. And maybe every now and then you can blip up every four or five years to national title contender. But this thing about Michigan is the Michigan football program is way oversold relative to their historic success. You know, Michigan has won one national title since 1948. All right, that is over 70 years of football, and Michigan won one title back in 1998, and it was a half title. They split it with Nebraska. If they actually had to play a game, Nebraska would have been favored to beat Michigan that year, and it might still be the case that Michigan has not won a title since 1948. So since 1948, 71 years of football, Michigan has won one half of a national title. The Michigan Wolverine program is more attention rooted in a pre-World War II level success than it is modern day athletic success. By and large, Michigan doesn't win at a high level. They have an all-time losing record in bowl games and they have won one title, one half of a title since 1948. Jim Harbaugh came in like he was going to be Nick Saban, like he was going to be Urban Meyer as the conquering hero of this program. And after five years, he has been, at best, pretty good. Maybe really good for Michigan relative to what other options they have, but that's it. And their gap between Ohio State and Michigan seems to be growing as opposed to lessening. So Ohio State is in. Minnesota loses to Wisconsin. That means, to in my mind, that Ohio State is in the playoff probably no matter what happens in the Big Ten title game. They are a monster favorite over Wisconsin, a team that they already beat, what was that, 38-7 to in Columbus earlier this year. So I would be stunned beyond belief if Ohio State loses to Wisconsin. I think Ohio State is in the playoff. LSU is 100% in the playoff. They dominated Texas A&M. Maybe their most complete game all season on the offensive and the defensive sides of the field. Joe Burrow comes out in a specially modified Joe Burrow jersey, spelling his name in the Cajun fashion. He has been a revelation. He is your Heisman Trophy winner and just an extraordinarily fun story to follow 
as he likely, I believe, will end up the overall number one pick as well. And I think a lot of you, like a lot of you, I'd like to see LSU-Ohio State as a national title game because I think they're the two best teams so far this season. We'll see whether Clemson has anything to say about it. It's hard to know because Clemson hasn't played anybody of any talent. They don't have a single top 25 opponent, whereas LSU has beaten Florida, who went 10-2 and is a pretty good football team. Uh, they have uh, they have beaten uh, they beat Texas, which is an okay win, but they went on the road against Texas when Texas put everything into that game. Uh, they also beat Alabama on the road. They beat Auburn, who's a pretty good football team. I mean, that LSU resume is pretty sound, and LSU is in the playoff, I believe, regardless of what happens. I'm headed down to Atlanta this weekend to watch LSU play against Georgia. And I think the likelihood is that Georgia has a really good shot of pulling off the upset here uh, because I think Georgia with a home crowd in the Dome there in Atlanta will be a hell of a game uh, to be able to watch. But so LSU, I believe, is in. I think Ohio State is in. Clemson is a massive favorite over UVA. So I think all three of these teams are going to be in the college football playoff. Where exactly they'll be seeded could end up mattering because the four seed may not be as good. But right now, I think LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are going to be in the playoff. It would take a pretty big uh, upset of Clemson to knock them out. And again, I think LSU and Ohio State are probably in regardless. Okay, so who's the fourth team? Well, if Georgia beats LSU, Georgia's in. Okay, so that's the first question if you're following the college football playoff picture. If Georgia beats LSU, then the SEC would get two teams and your four playoff teams would be Ohio State, uh, Clemson, LSU, and Georgia. And I think we'd probably get, I would bet the committee would have, in the number one spot, I think they would have Ohio State. In the two spot, I think they would have Clemson. In the three spot, I think you would get Georgia And in the four spot, I think you would get LSU. That's the way that I think that would be slotted. So you get Ohio State-LSU as your first round game, and you get Clemson-Georgia as your second round, I mean, as your other semifinal game, okay? So I think that's the way that would end up. That's the simplest solution to the college football playoff race. If LSU beats uh, Georgia then Georgia is probably out of the running. I say probably because chaos could still happen. And then your decision would come down to this. 12-1 Utah if they beat Oregon or 12-1 Oklahoma or Baylor depending on who wins the uh, the Big 12 title game. So then that would be your fourth team that would get in either Oklahoma slash Baylor at 12-1 or 12-1 Utah that will be an intriguing battle in terms of who deserves to get in I'm about to put up a poll question because I'm curious what you guys would say let's presume and I don't think the college football playoff picture is very complicated if that ends up happening now if Clemson loses and Virginia pulls off a huge upset and Ohio State loses and LSU loses and all three of the top teams lose then I think you can start to get some you know, sort of reshuffling. And by the way, if Utah lost and two loss Oregon is your Pac-12 champ, uh, then that would throw things a little bit into an uproar too. 
but the Big 12 is assured of a 12 and 1 champ. So I think that would just kind of clean that up. So 12 and 1 Oklahoma slash Baylor or 12 and 1 Utah. Who would you take, Danny G? I think I would have to go Baylor. Uh, you would go Baylor. Yep. So you would take the Big 12. Interesting. Uh, what about you, Dub? I would have to go with the Pac-12 champion Utah if it, if, it, if that's it, uh, because I just I don't know I just haven't been impressed with Baylor so far this season. They have a lot of games where they're very fortunate to get out of there, and I think Utah, although their schedule has been really easy, I think I would have to lean with them because they have been dominant in a lot of their. Now wins. Oklahoma is by far the biggest brand of these three, and I wonder personally whether the Oklahoma brand could factor in substantially. In this scenario, I think it's going to be incredibly intriguing. What about you, Eddie? Which direction would you go? 12 and 1 Big 12 champ, meaning either Baylor, Oklahoma, or 12 and 1 Utah? Um, I would have to go with Utah. Although, Just because you believe the Pac 12 is stronger, or you believe that, like, if you want to make the case for 12 and 1 Utah, what you're arguing is twofold. One, 12 and 1 Utah, in your opinion, uh, would have been more dominant, right? And also that the Pac-12 is the better overall conference than the Big 12 because Utah would have only beaten one top 25 team all year long. And that top 25 team would be Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. And I don't think there's any doubt that Utah's resume is hurt by Oregon collapsing down the stretch against Arizona State. So that would be Utah's only top 25 win. Their only top 25 loss would be USC, which finished 8-4. and four. That was an early season game. It was on the road, and Utah lost by 7. So that's the argument you can make. If you want to argue for Oklahoma or Baylor, what you would argue is, I'll start with Baylor, Baylor would have vanquished the only loss they had all season against Oklahoma. And in that game, they gave up a 25-point lead. So really, they were in control of that game for most of it. And if they come back and they erase their only defeat, 12-1 and Baylor has a pretty good resume. Now, the contrary side of that would be their out-of-conference resume is awful. Okay, 12-1 and Oklahoma would have a win over top 25 Baylor twice, and that might be it. And they would have a loss to Kansas State on the road. Also, Oklahoma, one-point win over uh, Iowa State when Iowa State was throwing into the end zone uh, to try to win it with a two-point conversion. They came back from 25-point deficit to beat Baylor, and they were very fortunate to hang on and beat TCU by four. Uh, okay, so that's the resume. I'm going to put all this up on Twitter. Would you take, I'm curious what your response is going to be, would you take 12-1 and Oklahoma or Baylor? I'm putting the 12-1 and Big 12 champ, Oklahoma or Baylor, or 12-1 and Utah in the event that LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State take the top three and all win their conference title games and there's no uncertainty that all three of those 13-0 and teams would be in. I think it's a really good debate. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Chris Mannix uh, usually joins us on Thursday, but he's about to go to Saudi Arabia. First of all, have you been to Saudi Arabia before, Chris? Uh, I have not had the pleasure at this point, Clay. 
All right, so I'm curious. I don't. I don't have any idea. What is the travel situation like? I'm assuming you're going out of like New York City. Is are there nonstop, uh, you know, New York City to Riyadh? I'm assuming flights. Yeah, yeah, there is. I was surprised. I initially thought there'd be a, at least one connection, but you can fly uh, Saudi Air, New York to Riyadh, in about uh, 12 hours each way. All right. So, what is your prep for Saudi for for New York to Saudi Arabia? Like when you, when you have one of these long flights, like you land, and how much time do you have to calibrate your body before this big Ruiz Joshua fight? You got about four days. You, you leave. I leave Tuesday afternoon, and you get in late Wednesday morning. And I mean, this is a, a unique experience for me, and and the amount of time that's that's going to pass. But I usually just try to push through the day and and fight through it and sleep at a normal time try to regain my my senses that way some people do it differently but i just try to push through the entire day and and hope that i get a good night's sleep and everything works out so are you excited about this or are you like man i would kill to have this fight be in vegas or you know madison square garden or something you know like more traditional i I look I, i feel both ways um one, I think it would have been really cool to have this fight in the Garden because that's where Anthony Joshua was knocked out six months ago. Yep. And for him to go back to kind of the scene of the crime and avenge that loss. And look, we both know that boxing has fallen off the, the mainstream map, but this is the kind of event that would put it back on. I mean, there would be every mainstream outlet covering that particular fight, and it would be wild. All that being said, he's getting north of like $50 million to fight in Saudi Arabia, so I don't blame him for that. And even though it's going to be up against some pretty good college football, I think the SEC championship game is what it's immediately up against. I think there'll still be incredible interest in seeing you know, the biggest fight of the year and certainly the biggest rematch I can remember in, in boxing in a long time. Is Ruiz still fat? I don't think there's any changing that. I think he's just like his you know, body is guy. his body. He's going to look the exact same as a heavyweight champ with his shirt off as he did before he won. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him back in what about a month or so ago, and he looked like he slimmed down a little bit, but he's never going to be chiseled. And you know, his his entire advantage is that he has great hand speed, good footwork, and look, he's an accomplished boxer. He's not like Butterbean out there just wailing away. I mean, he's. He had a good amateur background, and he was only he's only been beaten once in his pro career, and that was a very close decision to a former champion. So this guy can box. The question for me is is really what is Anthony Joshua like? Is this you know a footnote in Anthony Joshua's career in the same way it was for Lennox Lewis, who knocked out Asim Rockman in the rematch, Vladimir Klitschko knocked out Lehman Brewster in his rematch, or is this the end of Anthony Joshua? Which if he loses the same way, I think it might be. So what do you expect to see happen? I, look, I spent a couple of days in Sheffield with uh, Anthony Joshua a couple of weeks ago. Um, you never know what you can take away from stuff like that, but he, he just looks and sounds a little bit different. And, and I think one thing that works for Anthony Joshua is that for this fight, we're talking just about Andy Ruiz. If, if people remember the last fight, we weren't talking about Andy Ruiz. When Anthony Joshua met with the media, it was, when are you going to fight Deontay Wilder? When are you going to have the biggest fight that can be made in boxing? There was no talk of Ruiz. He was almost an afterthought before that fight. Now the focus is exclusively on that. And I think Joshua, who is not some flash in the pan, I mean, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He beat Vladimir Klitschko. He beat some real top guys over in the U.K. in a very young career. I just think he's the better fighter, and I think he avenges that loss. 
All right, so this fight will be taking place on DAZN. It'll be, I mean, there'll probably be reality is a lot of people do multiple sporting events at the same time, right? So people will right. be streaming this fight uh, on one device they might have, and they'll have the SEC championship game on another device. Your role will be what in Saudi Arabia for people watching this fight? For people watching, it's, it's, if you're familiar with the way the HBO did their broadcast for years, I'm almost in a Max Kellerman type of role where I'm part of the broadcast team on the call of the fight and after the fight I do all the, the post-fight interviews in the ring. So whatever happens, I'll be in there and try to sort it all out. I mean, I, I, you've done the, these types of interviews and in, in after events, Clay. There's, there's nothing quite like a post-fight interview in, or a post-interview in boxing because yeah. – you're, you're effectively going up into talking to a guy who has been the equivalent of a car crash. Yes. And one of your questions is, when do you want to get into the next one? It's yeah. sort of surreal when you sit back and think about how crazy it is. The best thing for boxing by far, and also DAZN, would be Anthony Joshua wins, right? Because does this set up a third, like a rubber match? Or do they just then, does he then say, okay, Ruiz was an afterthought and move on to another fight? Like, what, what, oh. what is the next trajectory here? Yeah, I mean, if... If Anthony Joshua wins, I don't think he'll ever even set foot in a room with Andy Ruiz ever yeah. again. They, they just they think he's all wrong for them with his style. And look, if they get this win, they have no contractual obligation to him, so they'll move on from that. If he wins, I think it reignites the conversation about Anthony Joshua, about uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Wilder, we know, uh, has a fight coming up against Tyson Fury, which is a huge heavyweight rematch in its own right. But if Wilder wins that fight against Fury, or even if Fury wins against Wilder, a, a massive fight in the summer of 2020 would be Joshua versus the winner of that fight. I'm not overly convinced we're going to get it because the politics of boxing and network wars, it just makes it incredibly difficult. I have a strong fear that that could be one of the fights that we never get to see in boxing, but I'll be one of the people pushing hard for it and at least trying to publicly shame these people to do the right thing. Uh, all right, let's go uh, quickly. We're talking to uh, Chris Mannix. He will be flying to Riyadh, Saudi, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Tomorrow uh, to get ready for the Saturday match between Anthony Joshua and Ruiz, a rematch of what happened earlier uh, when Ruiz pulled off the huge upset. Let's talk NBA quickly. Luka Doncic has taken completely the NBA by storm. Uh, and a lot of people are comparing his 20-year-old numbers with LeBron James when he was 20 years old. Fair or apt comparison to do that? How good is Luka? How good can he be? I mean, different type of players, certainly, but I think it's perfectly fair. I mean, the, I, I've been writing something for the magazine uh, next week on on Luka, and he just he, he's just special in every possible way. I mean, one of the knocks on him coming into the draft was that he didn't have the speed or the length to keep up with NBA players. That's not a factor at all. Another knock was that he wasn't physically, his body just wasn't an NBA type of body. Well, year two, he certainly looks a lot different than he did physically in year one. And look, the NBA bread and butter clay is the pick and roll. They run it a hundred times yep. a game. The best play Luka Doncic does is the pick and roll. And he's so good at coming off those screens, using that 6-7 frame to read defenses, and making the right play. And when you leave him open, he is a willing three-point shooter. He's not a great three-point shooter yet. But as we saw against the Lakers last night, he can step back and knock down that three from anywhere. So I think the comparisons are fair. And, you know, we've been looking for a long time to kind of find the heir to LeBron James. It might be Luka Doncic. I mean, he just – I think he's that good and he's only going to get better as his his career goes on. 
All right, what's Luca like? You're writing this story right now, and I, I, I do think that's one of the questions that people will have because in college basketball, if a guy comes up through our ranks, we at least get an indication of what he might be like in college, and he's kind of got a profile. Luca arrived in terms of you know sort of the American sporting experience as a completely unknown figure. What have you found him to be like? Is he an engaging, effervescent type guy that the NBA can build around? Is he quiet? Is he taciturn? Is he reclusive? What? Uh, how would you describe his sort of budding, uh, sort of international fame? What's he like? Oh, he is definitely the former in that that discussion. I mean, he is every bit the personality that the NBA can build around his his teammates in the locker room. Uh, some of them refer to him as the matador because he has this flair for showmanship. And when you talk to teammates throughout the last year or so, you find that he, he craves these big challenges. I mean, I thought the play that was on, on Twitter all last night, Clay, where you had Luca, you know, wind up on a switch against LeBron. You saw one of his teammates come over to set a screen for him and Luca waved him off. Luca yeah, wanted the one-on-one with LeBron James. That's that's just who he is. When he finds himself in these types of matchups, he craves them. He seeks them out. And that type of personality, that type of player, is exactly what the NBA needs to build around for years to come. So the next three or four years, LeBron will be around playing probably at a high level. But I think when you get to Luka Doncic age 23, 24, 25, he's going to have at least one MVP in his pocket and look like the face of the NBA. Is he a legit MVP candidate this year? Look, he's, I think, percentage points are fractions of, of a point from averaging a triple-double. I mean, he's right there at right around 30 points per game. I think a lot of it is going to depend on where the Mavericks finish in the standings. If they're right up there in the top three, absolutely, he's an MVP candidate. If they wind up slipping, which they could, I think they're overachieving a little bit this in the first part of the season, I, I don't see him getting it. And, look, I think there is, in, in years past, there has been a little bit of LeBron fatigue when it comes to MVP voting. I think the reverse might be true this year. When, when you see LeBron playing two-way basketball in the way he's played, I think he's got the inside edge on the MVP already. Uh, for Mavericks fans, and for Mark Cuban in particular, this feels a little bit like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers in that the Mavs could go from the best Euro probably that's ever been in, yep. uh, in Dirk straight to Luka, who might be the second-best Euro that's ever been, maybe the best on trajectory to be the best if he can stay healthy. Uh, that's pretty crazy to have that baton passed, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the parallels are incredible from Dirk Nowitzki back in 1998 being a draft day trade. Remember, he was traded for Robert Tractor Trailer oh, yeah. in, the, in the draft. Yeah. Remember that much. Oh, yeah. And Luka Doncic, same way, was traded for Trey Young. And look, Trey Young's going to be a good player, but I think Luka... Uh, clearly has a higher ceiling. So there are certainly parallels there. It's just the Mavericks are one of those organizations that is heavily invested in the international game, not just with those two guys, but they've, they've swung and sometimes they've missed on international players in years past. But Donnie Nelson, the team president there, for the last two-plus years prior to that draft in 2018 was really all in on Luka Doncic. And Mark Cuban, you mentioned him. Cuban's told this story, but back in 2013 – Donnie Nelson wanted Giannis, was yeah. saying, draft Giannis, draft Giannis. And Cuban said, no, we need the cap flexibility to try to keep winning. And they wound up trading out of that 13th overall pick. Giannis was drafted two picks later. The rest is history. Mark Cuban has said he, he was not going to be, uh, you know, 
there was no swaying anyone. If Donnie Nelson wanted Luka Doncic, Donnie Nelson was going to get him. All right, uh, last question for you, and, and I'm excited to watch you in Saudi Arabia. That's going to be a really cool trip um, to see the Joshua Ruiz fight on DAZN. But let me ask you this. So the NBA ratings are down pretty substantially. Uh, a bit, there's all these different factors that could be at play. LeBron moving west to the Lakers certainly impacts things in a big way. I think the political nature of this China mess uh, has been ongoing. Uh, I, certainly load management has not helped because people don't know that the best players are going to be playing. The NBA seems like, I don't want to say that they're panicked, but they are definitely trying to address this. They've started to crack down on the sharing of their highlights. Uh, it used to be the NBA was the least restrictive league when it came to fans wanting to grab highlights and share them. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about the fact that the NBA sending copyright notices, making them take down those uh, those highlights. They're talking about this crazy middle part of the year tournament, uh, decreasing the number of games. How much of this uh, ratings impact is at the forefront of NBA decision-making right now in league offices? Well, it, it could be at the heart of the highlight stuff. I do think that the goofiness, and I call it goofiness because I don't really buy into a lot of it, of, of the schedule and the in-season tournament is less influenced by short-term ratings than kind of a longer-term plan to, to both grow the game and to grow the game financially. I mean, Adam Silver... As progressive as he is, you know, several you know general managers, board of governors, members have told me he's all about the money. So, yeah. if, if situations like that, he's he's going to try to find the bottom line. I would say this: you can nip at the fringes all you want with trying to find ways to fix the ratings. I think it is LeBron, and I think the fact that he's playing in the Pacific time zone kills them. And the fact is, they haven't really replaced LeBron with somebody in else in the East. I mean, the yeah. best teams in the East are Philadelphia, which is horribly boring, and Milwaukee, which, you know, Giannis really hasn't caught on as a, as a television draw, at least not the level of LeBron just yet. So it, it really comes down to star power. In the NFL, quarterbacks drive ratings. The NBA, stars drive ratings. The Eastern Conference simply doesn't have those must-see TV stars. So when they get them again, if they get them again, um, I think this will all kind of turn, turn it around. But for now, this is kind of the way it is. There's no real kind of nipping at it that you can change it. I know I said last question, but I want to like this idea of a midseason NBA tournament to me seems utterly insane. Like, I just can't imagine. And look, I might sound like an old guy here, but I just can't imagine any American sports fan caring about a midseason tournament involving the teams that are later going to play at the end of the year to crown a champ. Am I crazy or are you with me that this seems like a really difficult sell to the American public? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, look, you've seen some reaction from players. Look, James Harden kind of rolled his eyes at at the idea of an in-season tournament. Yeah. I think that will be the first. I think that will be the first thing to go by the wayside. I think that you'll see potentially a strong push for the NBA to get that postseason tournament, the play-in type of games, because we both know the NBA end of their season. Last month of the season is terrible. You got yes. teams tanking and everybody kind of mailing it in to add some added excitement to that final month. I think the NBA will push hard for that maybe even dropping the number of games of 78, though somebody's going to have to give money back in that scenario. But, you know, in talking to different people, just in the general sense, I don't get the feeling that the NBA is going to go to the mat for this in-season tournament. I think it's starting with the postseason play and stuff, and then they'll go from there. Yeah, because I understand the midseason tournament if you were playing teams from other leagues and like right. if the global basketball became so big that, you know, the best teams could actually compete. That's actually kind of intriguing. 
But why in the world do I care about a midseason tournament when the whole purpose is who wins the tournament at the, the championship at the end? And and look, everybody plays each other eventually. It yeah. doesn't like it's not like you're missing out on certain matchups or back when baseball didn't have interleague play when you're you're amazingly getting to see teams from the from the National League. I, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think there are plenty of people that don't believe it makes sense. I don't even think it's a money maker either. Like the, you know, the going with the playing game that's a money maker. We've seen it have success in baseball. The in-season tournament, that's just going to come across as goofy, and the, the scheduling mechanics to make it work seem a little bit off. I just I can't see that happening above the other ones. Good stuff, as always. Chris Mannix, have a good flight out to Saudi Arabia. We'll be watching the fight. You got it, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. One person on this show has uh, an NFL team that is actually playing well. And in fact, if you were watching or listening to an intriguing game between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, with five minutes left in the game, you might have, like I did while sitting in traffic for 10 hours trying to drive back for the Thanksgiving holiday to your home, you might have heard this happen. Vinatieri, 46-yard field goal, left hash for the lead. Snap, set, kick, block. Ty Smith has it. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, end zone. Touchdown, Titans. Ty Smith to the house. Blocked field goal for the win for the Titans to help exorcise some of the demons that the Indianapolis Colts have uh, owned over the Titans. And again, I think the intriguing question, bigger picture for both teams going forward is, is Jacoby Brissett the answer in Indianapolis? I'm not sure there's an easy answer. But a team that is the exact opposite of that is the Oakland Raiders, who have now been outscored. It's even hard to do the math here. 74 to 9, I believe, in uh, or 12 or whatever the heck it is. I'm not even sure. Not, 74 to 12 in the past two weeks. Yeah, don't defend chip them your, out. Don't yeah. chip them that one field goal. Defend well, your team. Well, first of all, you defend your stance on your team because what was it was less than two months ago where you said burn the entire village down. That was right. I didn't expect for Ryan Tannehill to come in and turn into one of the top said, 10 quarterbacks. Fire in the, the GM, fire the head coach, the quarterback, right. fire them all and start That's right. anew. That's right. So, so you're, you've changed your, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that we had uh, the second coming of Tom Brady sitting on the bench, uh, which is evidently the case with Ryan Tannehill. So he's come in and since then, he has gone uh, five and one as a starter. Yeah. And the Titans don't just look like a team who could make the playoffs. They look like a team that could win a game if they get to the playoffs, which is crazy uh, because the defense was always decent. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know this was coming. So, uh, but this is not about my team. Are you nervous team. though? Are you nervous? Well, it kind of is about your team because you go into Oakland, and uh, when I'm you were celebrating because- on Twitter, the first comment said. When you were uh, you had some stats about Oakland, the first comment said, "So this means our Titans are going to lose on Sunday in Oakland." Yeah, look, the truth of the matter is, uh, the Titans have not been able to handle prosperity for a long time, uh, Bingo. a decade and, and, and or so, the, and that is exactly what's going on with Oakland too. It seems like whenever they get their head up just slightly, then somebody comes with a mallet and smashes. The their Titans head back are down. a three-point favorite on the road against the Raiders, which. Kind of surprised me. That's a sign that there's no faith in your team at all. Because well, we usually knew, we knew the defense was a mass unit. We talked about that on the air last Wednesday. We all picked the Chiefs to win. Yeah. But I thought the Raiders would at least come out and be competitive. Derek Carr the past two games has looked like a shell of himself. He had success going into that Jets game because he hadn't been turning the ball over and he had been efficient. Even though he didn't have any big-time receivers to throw to with Josh Jacobs and at least a couple of mediocre receivers, he was getting it done. He had command of Gruden's offense in year two of it, and he was moving the team down the field. 
we all knew that the Raiders' defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, but at least the Raiders' offense was keeping the team in games and even winning some games for them. Now, all of a sudden, hell of a time to, to go into a slump for Derek Carr in the offense. His receivers are not getting any separation. He's scared. He's playing scared. He doesn't want to fit the ball into tight windows because usually that turns into an interception for him. Josh Jacobs is the one bright spot. He's over 1,000 yards, first Raider rookie in history to do that. That is a gem. That's the bright spot. What is going to happen between Gruden and Carr, I think, boils down to these last four games. Can Derek Carr come out and look alive in Oakland against the Titans? If he falls on his face for a third game in a row, it's going to be the entire Raider Nation calling for the Raiders to draft a quarterback. Interesting. It's going to be uh, intriguing coming down the stretch here. Uh, the AFC, it appears, we'll see what happens tonight because a big game between the Vikings uh, and the Seahawks, both of whom have been very impressive so far this season. We'll see what happens in this game. But I will say that if you look at the AFC playoff picture, it's going to be intriguing to see how it all shakes out because – uh, again, my coach of the year is Mike Tomlin uh, with the Steelers. I think what he has done is incredible. Right now, the Steelers are slotted in as the sixth seed in the AFC. The Bills, by virtue of their big road win on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, look to be in great shape. We'll see exactly whether that continues for the final four weeks of the season. Uh, but the Titans, the Steelers, and we'll see if the Titans can put the death nail officially in the Raiders or whether the Raiders fight their way back in to the AFC wildcard playoff picture by pulling off the upset over the Titans on Sunday. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.